you could ever need, starting right now. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the water break on 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Cy, and I'm here with McLean and Will. So uh, let's get right into the 5-5 five and five minus soccer, starting <laughs> yeah. with baseball. With We're McLean. getting 5-5. Five five. We're going to bring you 5 this week, 4, because Creed's out. Uh, four sports in five minutes um we're gonna start with baseball where the league is down to their last four teams um we got the uh tampa bay rays and houston astros whose game six of their series should be closing up right about now and we got the atlanta braves and la dodgers um la jumped out uh Last time they played, put like 10 runs on the board in the first inning. So that should be interesting as they look to chip away at the Braves' lead in the series. All right, now over to Will for some hockey. Yeah, really interesting stuff. I know there's been a lot of free agency signings going around. Uh, Notable ones of that large group of things that happened in just the last couple of days have been Alex Petrangelo to the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, making that team absolutely stacked. They're an easy cup contenders this year uh, for a seven-year, $62 million contract, which is interesting because he's actually getting pretty old. Um, in New York, the Rangers signed first overall draft pick Alexis Lafreniere to a three-year, $11 million contract, which is interesting. This dude's already confirmed $11 million, and he hasn't he hasn't even touched the ice in an NHL game. Um, other significant moves were Nate Schmidt from Vegas, who's a really good defenseman, over to Vancouver Canucks, which is nice because we have always needed defense. And then, unfortunately, the Montreal Canadiens did sign Tyler Toffoli, who was on the Canucks last year, to a four-year, $17 million contract. Anyways, I think we're going to get on to basketball. All right, guys. So this week, LeBron James and um, the Lakers dismantled the Heat in a Game 6 victory. And this has just restarted conversations about who's the GOAT now, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And... um. Yeah, I mean, good for LeBron. That's pretty nice. Um, And other than that, uh, there are lots of trade rumors about Kyle Kuzma. But uh, for now, basketball is done for the year. 
All right. Didn't you call that side? Didn't you say Lakers and six? Uh, I might have. I think, or I don't know. I think for my um for my hot take, I just said the Heat, but <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. After doing the show for so long, it uh kind of burns you out keeping track of everyone's like hot takes. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> By the way, speaking of hot takes, guess who was wrong about Sunday night football again? Yes, me. McLean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of glad you were wrong. I was kind of glad you were wrong. Uh, I was, I was wrong in a bit too. At least I got the game right. But I think, yeah. I think I predicted to be at least fifteen point margin for the Seahawks, and that was way too close for my yeah. liking. Yeah, you uh, predicted that the game would get yeah. ugly, and I remember being shocked by that. I was like, "Whoa, really?" I don't think you can do that with the Seahawks, and I'm, I'm starting to realize that now because no matter who they play, they could play the Jets, they could play Clemson, they could play Wake Forest, the college. It doesn't really matter. There, it's going to be a close game. I still think the Seahawks are going to win, but yeah. they, the Seahawks could they could play the Mercer Island High School C team to a one score <laughs> game and they'd still come out on top in a hundred out of a hundred games for whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because we can hang with these great teams like we were able to beat the Cowboys. You know, I think we would hang with the Chiefs if we were to have a game against them. But it's so weird that we can keep it close with those teams and then we also keep it close with teams like the Falcons and the Vikings who have struggled just to win games this season. The Seahawks would totally like play the 1985 Bears to a one-score game. Oh my! 80, 85 Bears and the 07 Patriots. I think if the Seahawks played both of those games, I think the total point differential would still be within one score. Have Have you? Okay, I have an interesting question. Would you say the 1972? And I know these are different eras. Would you say the 1972 Dolphins or the 2007 Patriots were the better team, just in general? I don't know. I mean, those 07 Patriots, until they reached the Super Bowl, they were just lighting up the whole league. They were blowing everybody out of the water. Um, but those 72 Dolphins, those they were a different breed, man. I mean, every player on their offense seemed to you know, have a threat to score. Plus, the 72 Dolphins did win that ring. So Exactly. I think that might be the thing. I don't know. I just kind of consider those to be the two best ever seasons, really, in football. Definitely. Um, I'd I'd have to go with the seventy two fins. Yeah, it's an, I mean it's hard to tell. It's a different time period, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we get a little break this week, the bye week, so my heart can recover from that Seahawks Vikings <laughs> game, and hopefully Jamal Adams can recover from his injury, and be ready for week uh week seven. Uh, week weeks yeah week seven. It's week six now. Yep. Man, I cannot keep track of what week it is. <laughs> well, at least at least Jamal Adams will have a bit of time to rest, and same with Dalvin Cook coming up because I know I have him on my fantasy team. I'm <laughs> kind of I don't want him to miss too much, and I think his bye week, not this week, but the next week, is actually really good timing for him because it could give him a chance to return in week eight, depending on the severity of his injury. Hey, speaking of, I played Creed in fantasy football this week, and he's just conveniently in New Mexico. <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay, Creed. I get that you don't want to face the music after you lost to me by 10 points. McLean, aren't, don't you have a losing record this year? No comment. In both, in both leagues? No comment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, McLean's just taking L's this year in fantasy and with his predictions. Always wrong. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm zero five on um on Sunday night. I'm picking Sunday night games, but 
<laughs> to be fair, my teams haven't done that well either. I think I'm 500 across all my leagues, so and, uh, it's, not, well, it's not great. Yeah, and in fairness, I have dealt with a lot of injuries. That is true. You said um, I managed Saquon, to be one, but you traded away Saquon only to get Godwin and Thomas. And Michael Thomas, and then you had McCaffrey on your yeah. other. Yeah, it's been plus rough. It's plus been rough. Dak Prescott, Nick Chubb, and Melvin Gordon. That's true. I, oh God, Dak Prescott's injury that was gruesome. Yeah, it was that, hard. Was, that was sad. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I I mean, as I know as much as I rip on the Cowboys, it's so sad because you can clearly see how much he loves the game, and honestly, a lot of those losses aren't really his fault. If we're, yeah, he doesn't clutch up, but I mean, it's sad. It's sad. I I do like Dak Prescott as a player. Dak Prescott, I don't like the team. He's um he's one of the only players in the Cowboys organization that I find myself rooting for. You know, he's he's much he's so different from the typical Cowboys player. You know, he was an underdog predicted to get drafted in the fourth round and back up Tony Romo. You know, nobody had a Dak Prescott success story. Um, you know, on their 2016 bingo card, but he went and he tore up the league in that first season. And now, um, you know, he got a lot of flack for asking for so much money, but he, he didn't get it. And now he's going to have to probably play under the franchise tag for, or some similar short-term contract for another year while he rehabs, you know, getting his leg torn open. Yeah, it's and, it's gonna be crazy. I feel bad for the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I I think he shouldn't have even had to clutch up in a lot of these games. Like, he's putting up thirty plus points. His defense should do a better job. But I mean, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Like that Browns game should not have been even that. Like they they almost let up fifty points against the Cleveland Browns. It's it's tough that's, to win a game yeah. as a quarterback when your defense allows the other team to run for three hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, that's for sure. But the Cleveland Browns this week at least have three key injuries or three players that are questionable to play, and that's going to be Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Baker Mayfield. All Baker's questionable? Yeah, he had huh. some kind of chest injury, but they're all hopeful to play. So we're going to see. So the Browns' offense could very well look like it could be Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Case Keenum, uh kareem hunt and who's their third receiver is it still chris conley no he's not there anymore i think it is chris conley as their as their as their number as their number one receiver i don't know that's a a rough situation i have to actually google that (laughs) that's tough yeah, well, at least, I mean, the Seahawks are starting to heal some of their injuries. I know Quinton Dunbar actually returned for our last game, which was really good to see. Um, yep. But Adams still out, still on the sidelines, unfortunately. I'm really hoping he can make a week seven return, but that injury he suffered is probably going to stick with him all season. Maybe not yeah. sidelining him all the time, but it's certainly going to affect his playing, I think. Yeah, uh, and I think um, watching the game this weekend, I also saw that... Um, they were starting to use Chris Neal a lot more like they would use Jamal Adams. They sent him on a couple of blitzes. That's Ryan Neal. Pretty cool. Ryan Neal. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, they sent him on a couple of blitzes that weekend, and he was he's looking pretty good still. So, I mean, it's been pretty clear. We didn't do a lot of this uh, with Bradley McDougal playing that box safety position, but it's pretty clear they're looking to use both Adams and Neal like they used Cam Chancellor back in the olden days. Oh, the good old days when our defense was not the thing we had to worry about. In fact, it was kind of <laughs> yeah. the opposite. 
and it was, our, could, our offense was questionable. It was, could that I kid think. we drafted out of Wisconsin put up enough points to, you know, support exactly. our top tier defense? Exactly. Yep. And now, now it's basically flipped. It's just, can the defense keep up with Russ and the, the other team? Which is, yeah. it's so weird because I've always known Seattle as like, and the same thing with the crowd too. We have no home field advantage. I think that always played into our defense as well, being so legendary, like so good was whenever their offense was going, I remember in that like Legion of Boom era, the amount of like offsides, misplays, too many men's they would get because of their miscommunicating on the field was just, it was more than you'd see anywhere else. And I love that about the Seahawks. It was it makes crazy. a really good environment. I mean, you know, another team that actually had an environment similar to this was the Denver Broncos. They basically had the progression that the Seahawks did, but in reverse, you know, they went from around the same time that the Seahawks were tearing it up on defense. They went from having like the best offense in the history of the league with Peyton Manning and Demarius Thomas and CJ Anderson, um, Emmanuel Sanders, all tearing it up for that team to having, you know, like a 50-something-year or a 40-something-year-old washed Peyton Manning um, holding it together for one more season and trying not to give the ball away so that the best defense in the league could win the game for them. You know? And they were able to get a ring uh, riding the defense, but not by riding Peyton Manning, so... (laughs) That's true, yeah. Maybe defense really does win championships after all. It does, and we certainly saw that in the last Super Bowl. I mean, that was that was hard to watch as someone who does like an exciting high scoring game. It was the last Super fairly Bowl? boring. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the last Super Bowl was definitely better than the one a couple of years ago with the Rams oh, yeah. and Patriots. That one. The last oh Super no, Bowl. that's that's the one I was talking about. My bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chiefs and Niners. That was pretty good. No, that was a, that was a good game. That was a real. That was actually that was one of my my favorite Super Bowl ever is the Eagles and Patriots with Nick Foles. That was an awesome Super that was, Bowl. Oh, I remember that watching best. that one at your house. Yeah, that was fun, and especially because everyone was rooting against the Patriots. It that made, was it made it way better. Fun. Yeah. So I have a question. What did you yeah. guys think about Le'Veon Bell signing with the Chiefs? Ooh. McLean, you want to go first? That's a tough question. Well, I got to say, people are way overhyping this. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, sure, he's been a disappointment in Adam Gase's system. I don't think you can argue that. His stats have been worse, and he's been missing time due to injuries, which, granted, some of that might not be on him. But I always thought that he was a product of that Steelers system. You know, you could see him waiting behind his offensive line for like three, four seconds. His offensive line in Pittsburgh would block for him almost better than they blocked for Ben Roethlisberger. You know, anyone could have run through those holes. If I was the running back of the Steelers in like 2015, 16, 17, I think I would have done fairly well for myself. Probably Maybe had a lot of fumbles. A lot but... of fumbles, a little bit of PTSD or <laughs> concussion symptoms, maybe. Probably had a lot of fumbles. Probably had a lot of concussion systems, oh, yeah. symptoms. Uh, I don't know. I definitely wouldn't be the reason they win games. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Le'Veon Bell is... Um, He's a smart football player, and a lot of people don't credit him a lot for that, but he's one of the smartest runners that I've ever seen. And... Um, He's he's kind of got the same like vibes as Marlon Mack, who's another very smart runner. Who's he's done for the season right now, but I always liked him on the Colts. If you listened to the show last year, you guys know how much I love Marlon Mack. He's like one of my favorite random NFL players. 
Um, but yeah, I think Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs, I don't think he's that like, um, I don't think he's going to be the like missing piece for them to cement a super team like a lot of people are thinking that they are. Like, it, I don't I don't think he's the Scotty Pippen to Patrick Mahomes as Michael Jordan. I think Le'Veon Bell is like when Emmanuel Sanders joined the 49ers last year, like he's going to make them a little bit better. I still think it's a good move on the Chiefs part, though, especially because they do have a rookie running back. Not only is it to uh, just provide like a little bit of change of pace, but it also is a good mentor for him because I think Hilaire is basically their future, right? Like if you're looking at it, he's had pretty impressive numbers already as a rookie. I think it's pretty pretty clear that they're going to be going with him for the next 10, 15 years. So, and it's similar. years from a running back. Could be. It could be. He's young. Um, but yeah, maybe 15 is a bit much. Yeah. Uh, maybe. maybe. I'd say like 10. He makes it to 30. 31, maybe. Maybe 31. I don't know. I mean, Frank Gore is tearing it up at 37, but it's clear he's the exception and not the rule. Could be. That's super rare, though. That's like uh, that's what I'm saying. It's AP, Frank Gore, kind of it. And Frank Gore, actually, I might have an opportunity with the Jets now. Uh, yeah. Despite, I... despite Le'Veon's absence. It's going to be interesting. I, w- I want to see how he does. I definitely would like to see Frank Gore uh, get an extended look in the backfield. I think that would be pretty cool. Um you know, there's a concept in baseball. There's a concept, uh, I know you guys aren't the biggest baseball fans, but some teams do something called an opener, which is if you've got a young starting pitcher um, in your game, you'll throw a relief pitcher out on the mound uh, to throw the first pitch or to throw the first inning, you know, get a seasoned veteran in there to, you know, make the rest of the game easier for your for your starter who's going to be taking the bulk of the innings. I think that might be what Le'Veon Bell is for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Just a guy who can go out there, um, you know, take the first series of every drive, keep some of the mileage off of Edwards-Hilaire's legs, and then let Edwards-Hilaire do his thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think on Le'Veon Bell's side, he just wants a ring. I mean, I would too, and I think the Chiefs are easily the best place to go for it. So I, you can't blame him for that. He wants to win. I don't. He's been losing for a while, um, but yeah, I don't know. There's not. There's not really much else to it. I think it's a good move from both sides. Yeah, this definitely benefits both parties. Um, speaking of, by the way, moves that benefit both parties, the trade deadline is actually getting closer and closer. Uh, what do you guys think is a move that some team should make to? Um, take that final leap uh well in my opinion i think the colts need a new quarterback but that's just me really i don't know where do you think they're gonna find a new quarterback that's the thing i (laughs) i feel like it's pretty locked up in that in terms of that but trace mcsorley has been right in bench for a couple weeks now i could i could see them picking him up possibly throwing him in the starter give him number nine be like the good old days the good old days of Penn State. All right, all right. You you say so, man. Yep. It's happening. Hey, Trust me, it's happening. Hey, do you know what college RG three went to? Uh, no. Do you know what college Lamar Jackson went to? I feel like I should, but I don't. Louisville. Yeah, yeah, it was Louisville. Uh, anyway, that makes my point that Will's only into Trace McSorley for the memes. Um, yes, completely. <laughs> All right. Well, at least you can admit it. Um, why else? Why else would I find a random interest in a 
a third string quarterback for a team that I don't even care well, for. I don't much. know. I actually thought, um, because I watched him a little bit in preseason a couple of years ago, I actually had a very loud argument in the back of my acoustic guitar class once that um, Trace McSorley should be the backup for the Ravens and not uh, RG3. He um, plays... He plays similar to Lamar, so yeah, I exactly, like and that he was fits, he fits their system well. But so that I feel was like RG3 the basis well. of my argument. You know, it was you know you should get a backup who's similar to the starter, so you don't have to change the offense when your backup goes in. So you that's think the true. Colts should get a quarterback, and where do you think they find this quarterback? That's the thing. I have I really have no answer. No idea. That. I don't. I don't think they could find one. But I'm saying if. If there were some hypothetical situation where some team that wanted to give away a fairly decent quarterback, like say Cam Newton, for whatever reason, wanted to get out of the Patriots, maybe COVID, I don't, who knows, he could go over to the Colts. I think that wouldn't be a bad move for them. I think, well, I've actually had some thoughts about the Colts quarterback scenario for a while now. I said uh, when Andrew Luck retired, I thought that they should go after Josh Rosen, and I stand by that. I think Josh Rosen is a nice guy that they could, you know, bring in for practically nothing. He's just kicking around on the Dolphins practice squad now, and he could light a fire under Andrew Luck's or Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers's feet. So if Rivers keeps on throwing interceptions, they could they could go to Rosen. They could. I I still think Rivers is washed. I think. Last year should have been his last year in the NFL, um, but he get, he decided to keep playing, which nothing wrong with that. I just don't think he's going to help the Colts at all. Yeah, I just I mean, yeah. signal callers. It's it's easy to say, oh, we need a new quarterback, but it's really hard to find the name of a guy who doesn't have a job. That is true. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Do you think that you, could you see the Seahawks possibly trading for just like a an addition in the backfield, maybe for one year? I don't know. I think, you know, Carlos Hyde um, was supposed to be that guy for them. And I think they're going to be set with Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, at least until Rashad Penny gets back. They've definitely got an embarrassment of riches at that in the backfield. Yeah, I think yeah. if the Seahawks were going to make a move, it'd have to be for um, a premier edge rusher or a premier uh, pass rushing defensive tackle. Really? So I think, yeah, I think they'd look for another corner possible another corner they already brought in quentin dunbar they have dunbar and they, they were set flowers, um they so. were apparently they uh they seem to be set with trey flowers if, yeah. if they had wanted to try and replace trey flowers they would have done it last year you know they That's true. they seem content with him and quentin dunbar yeah, i don't he hasn't done poorly i'm I just not a huge fan of really think that they need to bring in anybody else for the secondary um i mean they they got shaq griffin too so they got pretty yeah they got shaquille griffin out there in the secondary locking down receivers they got uh quandre diggs jamal adams in the backfield the secondary is not a position where they need help but i think that if they were going to make a deal it'd be to go and get like a disruptive pass rusher and um yeah somebody on a bad like on a struggling team looking to offload talent i don't think the vikings are headed for rebuild yet um but i definitely think the falcons are headed in that direction so they should go and get um maybe dante fowler from the falcons that would be that'd be that'd be nice that'd be nice do you do you think julio is gonna look for a trade this coming season 
I don't think so. I mean, his contract only has a couple of years left under it anyway. I think as a player, you can kind of tell when you're going to when you get a good coach. I think if Julio doesn't vibe with the next coach, he'll just leave in free agency. And since he didn't want out last season when the Falcons were at one and seven, I can't see why he'd want out this year. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect him for sticking with his team. But I also feel like the dude wants to win, like not just yeah. in regular season, like maybe have a shot for a Super Bowl, like a lot of people his age do when they're starting to get older, their team's kind of going downhill into a rebuild phase. But I don't know. It's I still respect him if he wants to stay on the Falcons. I think that's a good move, and everyone in the city will definitely love him if he does that. Can I just say, as an NFL fan, there is no, there is... I can't think of any greater like entertainment than playoff Julio Jones. I mean, when the man gets into the playoffs, he puts on a show. Okay, his performance in Super Bowl Fifty One is always overshadowed by uh, twenty eight to three. You know yeah. Brady's comeback, but he had an insane performance in that game, and he was even better throughout the rest of the playoffs. It's, I mean, I the only better like playoffs I can think of for a wide receiver um, was Larry Fitzgerald. Um, way back when the uh, Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, Kurt Warner was the quarterback. They wound up losing to the Steelers, but Larry Fitzgerald, man, he had a he had a year of those playoffs. He had a career showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know what what are we what are we thinking about some of the matchups coming up this weekend. I gotta say, I am I am really excited for the Bucks and the Packers. Yeah, Brady versus Rogers. Ready to see it. I I gotta say, uh, Bucks versus Packers. Um, that's that's gonna be a game. I'm also really excited to see the Bills and Chiefs square off. That's gonna be interesting. And I actually had a little quarterback dilemma this week. Uh, so I know Josh Allen is by far the better player. I've kind of been rolling with him for the last couple of weeks now. He's done great. But should I start Allen against the Chiefs or Fitzpatrick against the Jets? Ooh. Um, I would have to say, if I were you, I'd probably start um, Fitzpatrick against the Jets because the Jets' defense is definitely worse than the Chiefs' defense. So I feel like he's going to put up some points. I can I see know. I can see Patrick getting a lot of running yards too against the Jets, which is it's a lot more important for quarterbacks, at least in fantasy football, because they do get more points for running than they do for throwing. I feel like um, Josh but, Allen's rushing is a much bigger focal point of the Bills than Ryan Fitzpatrick's is for the Finns. That's I mean, true, but Josh Allen will get the ball on some of those goal line carries. Like there will be quarterback keepers. He, he they, has a much better yeah, chance for a rushing touchdown. That's true. It's it's hard because I don't know if Miles Gaskin is going to take a lot of those like close rushes for touchdowns or well, it'll be Jordan Howard really. You know he's oh, their true. like yeah. bruiser the short power. yardage yeah. back. So he's he's a good he's a good boom back um, for him to you know plow in and get those carries. They won't give the ball over to their thirty eight year old journeyman quarterback. Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of skeptical with Allen. Uh, I. I know the Chiefs lost last week to the Raiders. They got an embarrassing amount of points put up against them, so maybe their defense would come to play a bit more. Well, and the Bills also lost last week. The Bills, so. yeah, they did lose. Uh, they had a rough game against the Titans. I 
think I watched like a good amount of that game, and it looked like. Did you see that one truck by Derrick Henry? <laughs> the stiff arm of Josh Come, Norman. I think the whole world's seen that by now. That was. Oh uh, yeah, there's been so many funny things with that, but that was real. I watched that live. That was so funny. <laughs> like literally, right when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be a highlight. I'm gonna be seeing that for the next week." <laughs> that's that's gonna be the the. The content creators on Instagram are having a field day with that. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, I don't know. I'm not complaining. I like it. And I like jo- Derek Henry, too. I think he's a good running back. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting game. And yeah. I think it's going to be a shootout. That's my prediction. I think that that'll actually... I don't think it'll be a shootout. I think Bills versus Chiefs, I think that will be the best-played game of football that weekend. Those are probably the two most complete teams, even after they both lost last week. I think those are still the two most complete teams in the whole league. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think, think you could say that. I think we'll see a solid performance all around. I don't think any player will have a bad game. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to be, Sai, what do you think about that one? What do I think about that one? I'm going to say that um, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is just, yeah, he's just too good. I don't know. I feel like last week was just, I don't know. It was just a bad game for him, I guess. Quote, yeah. unquote, bad game. But um, I feel like he's going to will them to victory. He's just going to get them to win by force of will because he wanted it more? Pure skill. Yep. Pure yeah. Skill. Yep. Golden boy Mahomes. He'll let his golden aura help them to win. Yeah. Yep. All those uh, head and shoulders commercials will uh, get them the victory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He'll throw money at them. Nothing that'll go wrong. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, guys, it's uh getting to the end of the show. We should predict that game in the Sunday night game. Should we do that? We could. Sure. We could consider Let's get it. To it. <laughs> all right so let's see your guys predictions uh bills chiefs we got Cy thinks chiefs will what do you think i think i'm gonna go mm, this hard because i think they're both gonna be fired up to win this year or not this year i mean this game yeah, yeah. Uh, but i think i'm gonna have to go with the bills just to pick the underdog because i feel like you guys are both going chiefs i think i'm gonna go bills to kind of offset that but i also think that Josh Allen could really show up and it's still going to be close no matter where no matter which way it goes. All right. Well, you you guessed right. I am going Chiefs. The Chiefs just lost for the first time since November of last year. I'm not going to bet on it happening again. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's it's hard. I think they're definitely going to be in Bells going to be an interesting addition i want to see how that plays out but yeah i yeah. do think if we're being real i think the chiefs are going to win but i'm still going to take the uh the underdog here not to not really the bills aren't really much of an underdog they're still one of the best teams in the league but definitely i think i'm going to take the bills we'll see we'll see what, how it plays out all right yeah. now for the sunday night game what do we think hmm. is that that's packers bucks right packers and bucks yeah i think I don't know. Personally, this is bias speaking, but I think Rogers is gonna destroy Brady. <laughs> what, what? Where's the bias? I dislike Tom Brady. That's valid, but oh, consider this: I, I dislike Aaron Rodgers. So, so you think the Bucks are gonna win or no? No, I do have bias, but I'm always wrong about Sunday, so I'm gonna pick last. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say that I think the Bucks are gonna win. I don't know. I just, I just feel like Tom Brady's gonna do something. He's gonna, gut feeling. He's gonna do something. Yeah, gut feeling. 
Well, I think this is actually going to be... Um, I know I just finished talking about, you know, how great the Bills and Chiefs were, but I think that um, this is actually going to be the best coached matchup of uh, this this week. You got on one side Bruce Arians, you got on the other side Matt LaFleur. So you don't maybe have the most success in that um in that in that coaching battle but Bruce Arians has been one of my favorite coaches in the league for a long time now I think he always finds a way to make his team better than it is so I think that I th- I'm gonna be wrong I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna be wrong but I think that Arians uh manages to stun the Packers and hand them their first loss and uh we'll really? we'll, we'll see if this one's correct we'll see um <laughs> We could be going 0 and 6 here. I could be going 0 and 6 if you know if I didn't have to pick the stinking underdog all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'm gonna go with you, Cy. I'm gonna say um, Tampa. I think they win in the upset. All right, that's interesting. I guess we'll see how that one plays out next week. Um, but yeah, so far McLean 0 and 5, probably going 0 and 6. <laughs> Who we'll knows, see. man? Who knows? Yeah. All right, well, this is going to be it from us on the water break. Keep listening to 88.9 The Bridge for some music and conversations that spans generations. We're out. <laughs>